0: Welcome to the Smichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smichael and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. So I'm continuing in the See Something, Do Something series, and I want to thank my listeners, thank all of you for your encouraging feedback on these interviews that I'm doing with world changers. These are people who see a need and then do something about it. So today, I am genuinely excited that Selena Resvani is with me. She is a powerhouse. She is just a powerhouse who has this incredible commitment to improving women's lives through empowerment and helping them to learn about self-advocacy. She elevates women into higher levels of leadership. So welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you so
1: much, Joanne. And, And you are such a powerhouse yourself. And I learned so much from you about leadership and how to champion other women. So thank you for all the work you do.
0: Thank you. Okay. I know this isn't in our list of things we're going to talk about, but I'm so excited that you have a new book coming out. So I want to skip what we were getting ready to talk about. And I want you to talk about quick confidence. I love the title. Talk about that and we'll get back to this stuff. Okay.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited about quick confidence. It is a brand new book coming out May 9th and it really was born out of uh, a, a newsletter I started during the pandemic. Um, you know, here I was uh, actually at a, a positive, strong moment in my business, you know, um, I was speaking and working on leadership development. and you know, suddenly really great companies were coming to me. I wasn't having to pound on the door and ask for their business. My kids were school-aged you know, they were settled and doing well. And then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, client after client pulled their contracts, froze Mm -hmm. the business. And boy, I found myself in a real confidence free fall. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: as I looked around, Joanne, I saw so many other people feeling the same way job insecurity um you know of course fears about health and loved ones so many things to feel uncertain about and i i said what if what if i could provide just like a little fortifier every week to mm-hmm. you know shore up all of our self confidence and, and that's where it started. So that newsletter um, really quickly became a community of, of almost 100,000 people today. And um, that's the book. The book is born out of it. 85 of my best confidence tips. So you can really feel unstoppable. And it's it's available everywhere. Books are sold for pre-order. And then it'll be out in the world, May 9th.
0: May 9th. All right. I'm excited about that. I know what you mean about needing to provide people with something during the pandemic. Um, One of the things that I did was to highlight the videos on my YouTube channel that address resilience and getting through this and facing forced change. So I, I get that. And part of the reason I did that was for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. just because I needed the boost. So, yeah.
1: Right. It's just like in, in you know, the reminder, like the ultimate humbling reminder, we're both the teacher and the student. <laughs> and
0: At the same time. That's yes,
1: right. Yes, yes. Nothing like the pandemic to remind a lot of us of that. We all needed that boost.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 So the reason I know you is because of pushback. And pushback it's actually everyone. The title is Pushback. How smart women ask and stand up for what they want. That's what I know you from. And if, if you have not read Pushback, read it before you read Quick Confidence. Get a copy now. I've also had the pleasure of being in a couple of your workshops, and they're powerful. And I mean, for me, I need the reminder to go from thought to purposeful action. So you saw a need regarding women's empowerment, and you're doing work to address it. Before we talk about that, will you just share a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I spent most of my career working at consulting firms focused on kind of raising up the employee voice. And I opened plenty of wrong doors, by the way, before finding that home, that kind of very happy home. Um, but I worked at places like Great Place to Work Institute that, that uh, ranks the Fortune Best Places to Work in America list and helps companies who maybe are crummy workplaces <laughs> get a little better. Mm-hmm. And, and really, that's built around what employees have to say. And, and I loved that work. I really enjoyed it. And I found it extremely satisfying having watched both my parents work very hard and neither were treated very well by their employers. Um, but I thought, you know, what really lights my fire is focusing this even more around mm-hmm. women and leadership. Because, wow, when I looked up, there were some rare unicorns uh, that were in place uh, in leadership that were actually women, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or women of color. Mm -hmm. Um, It felt like such a rare thing to me. And I got really curious. That's, that's where my start happened.
0: So what made you go and say, all right, I can tackle this. Was it because you saw these rare people, or was it because you wanted to be one of these rare people? Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, you're you're onto something, and you're definitely good at um, sussing out, you know, the the uh, unwritten. But look, I had so for so long, Joanne, this ambivalent relationship with power. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, I really wanted to feel at ease with it. On the other hand, um, you know, I looked up and saw women leaders, you know, the rare ones I did see, and I I was so just passionate and curious, kind of a little obsessed with how they got to be at ease with their power. How, how did they do that? Um, and that's what really got me interested in researching this and coming up with some findings actually um surveying and interviewing women who had negotiated their
0: way to the top to
1: say, How did you do it? What mm-hmm. did you face? What's your hardest one lesson?
0: Mm-hmm. And then did you turn those inward before you decided to spread it to the world? Did you use their lessons for your own career?
1: Well, something really pivotal happened, um, and and maybe I should say someone, not something. Um, I was in business school at night, and the reason I did that and got an MBA at night was because I have a master's in social work. And you
0: I don't didn't know that.
1: See that every day, right? No. In, uh, you know, you know, workplace consulting. It's not the most popular degree you might see. And while I love my social work degree. I use it at least 50% of the time, I felt like I couldn't speak the language, the business language of my clients, you know, the very people I was trying to help. And so I got this MBA at night and I was so excited because I found a program in your hometown, Hopkins, Ah. uh, that had a, a, a little piece of research you could direct yourself. And I knew just what I wanted to do. I wanted to interview C-level women at the top of their game and ask them these questions. How did you do it? What do you recommend to accelerate someone else's path? There were only one problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't have a single connection to <laughs> any of these women,
0: okay? Mm-hmm. And I
1: had no connections to connections to them either. Uh-huh. Well, I had one female professor, Lindsay Thompson, at Johns Hopkins. Uh-huh. Business degree. And she said, Selena, I will I will approve your research focus on one condition. You have to go after the giants. You have to go after the women you think won't even entertain an email from you, let alone Mm -hmm. an interview. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness for Lindsay. May we all have a Lindsay Lindsay. in our life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did what she said. And and amazingly, those women, so many of them said yes. And the interviews changed my life. They changed how I saw leadership. And I thought, you know what? I'm not that unique. There are other women who need to hear these wonderful messages. And I pitched it to a publisher and that became my first book.
0: So you had this, Lindsay, I think that's awesome that you had this champion who compelled you to go and do and seek and see. You mentioned the fact that the women were happy to tell their stories. Were you surprised?
1: I was surprised. And yet, you know, an interesting thing happened. If somebody said yes Mm -hmm. to my email, my kind of humble student researcher email request, they did so right away. Interesting. Those few people who maybe had a thousand follow-up questions were ones who didn't work out. And so I think there's something to be said for that, that request really hitting you right between the eyes. Like it really resonated. And, and I think that shows because many of the women who did say, yes, they are generous mentors. Mm -hmm. They do this in many other ways and help Mm women. Um, you know, one of the surprises, Joanne, was I thought maybe these women might be even more at ease with their success. But just like a lot of women, you know, they kind of squirmed sometimes when I asked, what are you proudest of?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. what was a really uh, moment you had to summon all your courage? Sometimes talking about their accomplishments, you could tell was still a little bit uncomfortable.
0: Sure, sure. Um, Part of the work I do when I do the one-on-one executive development is ask people, women, to identify all of your accomplishments for the last five years. And how did you get it? Because it didn't happen. It didn't vaporize. It drives me nuts when people say, I was lucky. No, you weren't lucky. You did some work to get that yes, that opportunity. That's so
1: beautiful. What a gift that you are saying that and, and kind of challenging people's mm-hmm. thinking that, oh, right time, right place. It fell in my lap. I got lucky. Don't discount your strengths. No. You know, don't no. discount your preparedness.
0: Exactly. I'm curious about something. You... Talk to these top level women. What was there any shock or surprise or disappointment when it came to diversity beyond gender diversity?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, absolutely. Uh in terms of looking for diverse women to interview in the first place
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just seeing extremely low numbers. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, that then meant I had a smaller pool to ask, which means, you know, not everyone's going to say yes. So now you have an even smaller pool of yeses, you know, and yeah. um, that was incredibly eye opening and, you know, painful as somebody looking up and saying, is this a plausible path? Is mm-hmm. this realistic as mm-hmm. a young, ambitious woman? You know, is, you know, you hear the phrase, you need to see it to be it. Yep, and, yep, and maybe yep. you don't need it, but boy, does it help. Yes. Boy, does it encourage you and make yeah. you feel like you belong when you see that. So it it was incredibly alarming to see this dearth of women of color leaders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That I find um, alarming, frustrating and saddening. I find yes. it very saddening. Very, very saddening. So, What's the first thing that you did consciously to help women advance? Because you saw this need, you did the the work um, as a grad student, but then in your professional life, what's the first thing you did?
1: Well, it was one of the most liberating for me too. And it was, I quit my job. I quit my consulting job. And I said, I wanna do this full-time and that felt really scary. There's so many imposter thoughts. And what are you thinking? What are you doing? Um, what did you get yourself into? You know, all those feelings and moments. Um, but there was something about writing that book. I, I quit my job and started my business focused on women right at the time my book came out, that first book. And I think it gave me a courage and a mm-hmm. momentum. And frankly, um, a reality check that regret would be a really ugly thing to sit yeah. with. and I knew I'd regret it if I didn't try to make it on my own right and so it, it was it felt really wonderful to dedicate myself then to women and seeing more women uh carve out paths to the top and and I started speaking to more and more of them um, any group that would have me any group and and I'll never forget Joanne the first one, could not have been more intimidating are you ready for this- uh-huh. women at Harvard <laughs> the first ones who said yes undergrad women in at, at Harvard and you know what they were as hungry for knowledge and as gracious and as uh absorbent of these leader leadership lessons as anyone and incredible
0: Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And since then, you have spoken to a gazillion women from all walks of life in all industries. So that's very cool. So honored. Yes. So, this section, this session, we're talking about what you saw. I want to ask you what would you say to someone who sees a need that looks daunting Hmm. but wants to address it?
1: I think one of the first things you could do is don't tell yourself, oh, this has already been done.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They know more than me. Mm -hmm. That person has more experience. She has further education than I do on this. Don't overestimate what everyone else can do and underestimate what you can do. So I think that's mindset shift number one. I think number two is, Stop thinking you need to have this completely net new, never been heard of idea or concept or solution. That that's not necessary, and that's a bar that is unmeetable for a lot of people.
0: Yes, think, because there's nothing new under the sun. Exactly. So yes.
1: That's a, certainly how it feels when you're you're innovating and coming up with solutions. What I would think about is. What is your unique take on that thing? What is your hybrid set of skills or experiences, passions that brings a new lens maybe to something that's been discussed a lot? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe there's a ton of products or services around it. But one of the things that really helped me and I try to encourage up-and-comers, I'm often saying to women in particular, that's a great idea. You should write a book about that. (laughs) <laughs> I want to see more women authors uh, rule the world. But some of the questions I think that can really help are, what pisses you off about that?
0: I like that.
1: <laughs> what angle about that thing are people missing? What There's mm-hmm. got to be like a shadow side, no one's seeing or talking about enough. What conventional wisdom about this thing is wrong? Mm-hmm. What do we get wrong? Um, that for my very first book I was telling you about I felt no one was talking about Gen X and Gen Y women there were books on women in leadership not a single one was for women in the first half of their careers and that bothered me I thought like their experience is unique yes uh, and and so that's how I pitched the book you know was I the first person to talk about women in leadership absolutely not but What is that angle that you can bring new
0: conviction Mm -hmm. insight to? I like that. I like that a lot. So you shared today what you saw, and I have found that very interesting. I'd like to invite you back to talk more specifically about what you did and what you are doing now. Like I know you're doing workshops and I know you wrote another book, but I want to go deeper on the what you're doing now. So will you come back? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Selena Rasvani. If you have not purchased a copy of Pushback, you need it and you don't need it for your bookshelf, you need it to read. <laughs> and on May 9th, quick confidence will be released so i'm real excited about that really really excited thanks selena and i will see you again soon
1: thanks joanne i can't wait
0: thanks for listening to this podcast i hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning check out my youtube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.